Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It's December 7th. It is 2023. We are here to talk some football. We got the in-season tournament, what is it, semifinals as well, uh, two games slate. We're going to skip that and just talk um, football here for week 14. Joined, as always, for the football podcast by my good buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes, 819. Keith, uh, it's, it's rainy and windy not a great combination combination for uh, football. Yeah, there's some some low totals out there on this slate. It's uh, it's not a great one, but if anybody paid attention to our morning grind yesterday for the NBA, uh, and then I was on crunch time today leading up the lock, people should be having some pretty decent days out there in the NBA streets. Uh, Joel Embiid was one of my favorite plays. He dropped 50 points. Um, Desmond Bain was another one of my like GPP specialties. He, he almost had 50 points. And then you called on the podcast yesterday that Caleb Martin was going to have a great game and man, did he ever almost 10 X from a 5,600, uh, Caleb Martin. So some big scores out there in the NBA streets on, uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah. Hopefully everyone's having a good NBA site. I know that if you, if you did the five for five um, with us on prize picks, we're we're right now we're three for three with a push. Um, so if Zubak hits his rebounds, we'll go four for four. I think that still counts as ten x um, because because when you do a four pick, it's if you do four pick, it's ten x. So I assume it's ten x. But either way, um, we're rooting for Zubak. Uh, did not have a good first quarter, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. Um, yeah, week. 14 football. Um, Kevin Roth put up a early week, 
uh, weather report. We don't typically see a, a weather report for us on Wednesday, but it is early in the week. We we have to respect that. But I mean, I just want to quickly touch on this. There is really cold weather and a lot of wind in the Chicago game. There is big time wind and rain in the Cleveland game. There is some rain that's pushing through early in the Cincinnati, but it's still going to have a, a 10 to 15 mile an hour wind. It's not as bad as some of the other spots. Jets game, awful. A lot of rain potential, a lot of wind. Baltimore, a lot of wind, a lot of rain. Um, if you're looking at some of the totals this week and you're going, holy crap, there's a 30 total in a football <laughs> game. The weather in Cleveland does not look good. Um, so that and adding some of the – adding in some of the injuries in that game. But I just wanted to touch on it real quick because it, you have to monitor weather up until Sunday morning when you're building lineups this week. You know, it's not a week that you build a lineup on a Thursday, you're super happy with it, and you're done. You have to be watching the weather all week for NFL. Um, it's like it, it's almost – it almost feels like a baseball slate where it's like really got to be kind of watching this weather. We have some indoor games. They don't have some high totals, but, I mean – I'm gonna be honest with you, Keith. We're gonna go through the slate, and I've already I've already wrote down a lot what I like on the slate and stuff. And we're gonna go through the slate, and you're not gonna hear a lot from me these first like six or seven games. And then we get to those four o'clock games, and like there's a chance this week that like a majority of my players play at four o'clock on my main lineup because I mean they're they're West Coast games, they're they're dome games. The weather looks way better in these games, like. The East Coast games just look awful weather-wise, and the the high totals are coming from the late games um, on this slate. That's one thing that I wanted to bring up real quick. Definitely a huge uh, a huge week for late swap. I think you can def you can play some contrarian stuff early, and if you get something right early, like make sure that you have a good amount of chalk in the rest of your lineup. Like that's it's an ideal way to play this late, in my opinion. Like take some chances on guys in bad weather spots or something like that, low-owned plays, and if you hit one of those, then you can just stack up all, all of the best plays in the rest of the lineup um, because that's that's the key is hitting one or two of those sub-10% guys, and then you get the, the stack that goes off late, and, and you're cooking for sure. So definitely be paying attention to late swap. And same thing, like if you, if you have a, a chalky guy that fails early, um, don't be afraid to get a little bit weird in these in these uh, late games because there's going to be a good amount of chalk in late games. I think most people are playing a pretty backloaded slate here. Shout out to you. You crushed the morning grind game last week. Um, I absolutely did not. Um, I have a lot of work to do this week. Um, so shout out to you. Um, I had a really bad week at DFS. Um, I, my team was actually really solid, and it just wasn't enough. Like, I mean, that's at the end of the day, like it was like borderline everywhere. Like it was like really close to cashing everywhere and just ended up getting steamrolled by Purdy, like Debo Carmel's combos, like everywhere last week. Um, so Zach Moss chalk failed. Uh, hey, Jonathan Mingo, you know, let, that was let's a nice call. Yep. Goes love. He, yep. he had a big game again, um, six for 69 at 3,300. He was low on too. He was one of the, Guys that definitely kept me in the running. Uh, my boy Tyreek and the Dolphins just continue to do their thing. Luckily, we don't have to worry about them <laughs> on the main slate. We do have um, a two Monday night football type game. So let's get into it and um, talk some football here for week 14. 
We got Tampa Bay at Atlanta, 39 and a half total in this game. Atlanta, one and a half point favorite. Um, actually bet Tampa plus three earlier this morning. Um, so glad to see the line move in my favor already. Let's go to the Bucks side here first. Um, one of the games that are indoors, you know, we get to that point of the year and this is that time of the year. We're like, all right, we at least got to circle games that are indoors. Not worried about weather in this one. Atlanta's pass defense is not great. Their run defense is solid. Richard White is definitely a high-volume running back that stays on the field. Mike Evans is having another fantastic season. Um, just continues to be the guy in this offense coming off of another 12-target game. Like That's four really good games in a row for Mike Evans. Um, what are your thoughts here on Tampa Bay? Yeah, just being one of the games in, indoors in the Dome, I think this is where we take some shots. So, like, I know Baker Mayfield is not a comfortable click, but when you, you know who where the ball's going in this offense, Mike Evans is the primary guy. So I, I will have some Baker to Mike Evans stacks. Um, I think you can include Kate Otten in that as well. Atlanta has not been great against tight ends. Uh, Kate Otten is is 3,100. So I have a little bit of interest in that that Baker double stack. And then Rashad White is interesting to me. It's not a good matchup for him, like you mentioned, but his role is phenomenal, like among the best in the entire league. Um, he's capable out of the backfield catching passes as well. So if, the, if they're not able to run the ball, like he may just get five or six catches out of the backfield, which on DraftKings, that's that's really solid. That adds to the floor, helps the ceiling as well if he finds the end zone. The price is coming up to almost an uncomfortable level, but you have to consider the role – and being indoors here, I think that I'm going to have quite a bit of exposure on this Tampa Bay side. Um, like Godwin, I'm not sure I'm getting to. Like, just he just doesn't have any, anywhere near the upside of, of Evans. The prices, the price gap is widening um, with Evans all the way up to 7,700 and Godwin down at 6K. So, like, I wouldn't fault anybody for trying to take some shots on Godwin. I just feel like Evans has so much more touchdown equity. Uh, just so much more big playability that Evans is still the guy that I want to target. I don't hate shots on a guy like Trey Palmer if you're trying to find a cheap wide receiver, but it's it's primarily Evans as my target here. I think you can sprinkle in some Otten and maybe even some Rashad White as well. Yeah, I think White more on DraftKings than on FanDuel yep. because FanDuel, totally the half-point PPR, $7,400 price tag, it's tough to get White in over there. Um, so I think White is someone I play, you know, definitely play him on, on DraftKings. Like, we have a perfect example. Week 11, he had nine carries for 30 yards and a touchdown. It's six catches for 28. He had 17 and 8, 17.8 fantasy points against San Francisco. San Francisco, one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So um, the fact that this game's inside with his role, definitely in play. Evans is the main target here for me. I don't mind Baker. You know, we don't have a lot of cheap quarterback plays. The one thing that I will say about Baker is we do have some guys that I like a little bit more expensive than him. Baker is not necessarily a ceiling guy. Like he's a guy that can get you 19 to like 23. Might be okay on this slate, but we got to remember, we got a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes matchup here on the slate. Um, we got Brock Purdy going up against Seattle. We have some good quarterback options that we're going to talk about in that four o'clock window. Uh, Atlanta side. I don't know what to do with this team. Um, I mean, they don't know what to do with this team. 
one catch last week by an Atlanta wide receiver. Drake London had one catch, and he was the only wide receiver to get a catch. I'm going back to the well on Drake London. He's 4,600 primo matchup. When we're looking at matchups, Tampa pass defense is awful. Um, Fourth most passing yards per game. Fourth most passing yards over the last five games. They're not a good pass defense. They have to get Drake London involved in this. This game matters. Like This is a game that matters for both of these teams. And I mean, at this price point, Drake London is just too cheap. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely like him as a runback on on Tampa Bay stuff. It's I am really worried about the quarterback play. Like Desmond Ritter is just <laughs> he's, so he's not a good quarterback. Um, but I, I totally hear you. Um, even though he only had one catch, he did have five targets again. He's he's clearly the top target in the offense. Forty six hundred. Like this was a first round pick. Like he's talented. If the quarterback could just get him the ball, I'd be excited about this. But it's indoors. I'm I'm with you. I'm taking some shots on on Drake London. I'm probably taking some shots on the tight ends again, just because they're cheap. It, they're indoors. I'm looking for runbacks on on the Tampa Bay stuff. Like this is a game that I want to target pretty heavily. None of it is comfortable on this Atlanta side, but Kyle Pitts and Johnny Smith in play again. And then we have to talk about Bijan's role. It's continued to be great for the third week in a row. Yeah. Uh, 18 carries, five targets. Like that. That is exactly what we've been hoping for for Bijan. Awful rushing matchup, but if they get him involved out of the backfield in the passing game, I think he could find some ceiling that way. So I, I have interest in Bijan as well. And his snap count, the way that it is right now, uh, you just you're playing him finally as like a, a lead guy. Um, and and like he's 6,500 on DraftKings. It's a good price point. He's in that same price right price range as White on Fanduel. I I think he's okay over there. There are some like cheaper options, and there's guys that are a little bit more expensive than him that I like. Like Austin Eckler. I'm just gonna throw the cat out of the bag. Austin Eckler, 7,500 on Fanduel this week. He's like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars too cheap on Fanduel this week. He's had a couple bad games here. Gets the best one of the best matchups in the NFL against Denver. We're gonna talk about it. He's been awful, but. He's had some terrible matchups. He's too cheap. So when I'm in this price range, he's like my first go-to thought process type guy um, on on FanDuel. So I like Bijan on DK. Uh, again, you know, getting those extra captures out of the backfield. You really just – you need Bijan to score a touchdown. I mean, you just – you have to get that touchdown from him. I don't think I play either quarterback in this game, like on main teams – Maybe in like a 20-inch max, I build a couple Baker stacks um, just because of the game being in indoors. But overall, I think this is a game you're just looking at pieces. Evans, London, White, Bijan, Pitts, all those guys I think are in play. Um, and, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm kind of looking at here for this one. Atlanta defense, you talked about them last week. They smashed last week. Um they had, they had a, a great game against the Jets. Jets so bad, so bad. Yeah, anyway. I mean, with Boyle at quarterback, that that was a. They they ended up really chalky, which it's hard to to figure out what defense ownership is going to be when we talk about it this early in the week. But yeah, I mean, they were an awesome play for sure. All right, we got Carolina at New Orleans, thirty-seven and a half total in this game. New Orleans a five and a half point favorites. Um, another game inside, you know, uh, not the greatest game in the world, but a game. Matter like these NFC South is so bad again this year. Um, like the Falcons are leading the division at six and six, and 
Bucks and Saints are both five and seven. Like this division's so bad that you're bad and you could still win the division. Um, so I mean, you're not getting a wild card out of this division. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk Carolina first. Tough matchup overall. The one thing I want to point out here is the same thing that we talked about last week. The Saints cannot stop the run right now. Um, they have really struggled. Hubbard had 25 carries last week. <laughs> so as someone that took Bryce Young's like passing prop and it failed miserably because of the interception late in the game, it really failed way before that. Um, Hubbard just, he looked great in a really tough matchup. I think he's a phenomenal play, and I think Miles Sanders is just a thing of the past right now. It's Hubbard's backfield. I don't know outside of that what I really want to target here. I'll probably play a little bit more Jonathan Mingo. He's still 3,500. He's clearly moved into a role. Um, we talked about it last week. Now this is four straight games with at least six targets. He's Bryce Young's guy. It's not Thielen. It was Thielen at the beginning of the season, but the the – Upside is definitely Jonathan Mingo. What are your thoughts here on Carolina? I am completely with you on the Chuba Hubbard stuff. Like, I, and I ended up playing some Bryce Young as well last week. Like, I was just trying to find a way to fit in as much McCaffrey and Tyreek as I could, um, and that ended up being a solid way to go to approach the slate. But Bryce Young just didn't quite get it done. Um, but I, I too noticed the extreme shift in in the rushing uh, workload. Chuba Hubbard might be a league back right now. We talked about the coaching changes. Um, they fired their head coach last week, and we we thought there could potentially be some usage changes here. And the, the biggest usage change that stood out was Chuba Hubbard's workload. He's only 5,600. This New Orleans defense is really banged up. We talked about it a lot last week. I, I love this spot for Chuba Hubbard. I, another indoor game where I'm, I'm looking to get some exposure here. Um, I think that's an important key to this slate with the weather the way that it is. I don't trust Bryce Young, but I do trust Chuba Hubbard's uh, workload. And at 5,600, I'm going to have a bunch of him. He didn't get any work out of the pass in the passing game, so that's a little bit of a concern here if they play from from far behind. Like they were able to keep that game with Tampa Bay pretty close, and that allowed Chuba to get a big workload. Uh, so no passing game work was a little concerning. Um, maybe Miles Sanders is just the guy they look at is the passing down back uh, in this spot. But I mean, at 5,600, if he's going to get anywhere near, like I don't need 25 carries, like 16 to 18 carries. I I'm perfectly fine playing Chuba in the spot. Agree with the Mingo call feeling probably a little too expensive to, to want to target here, but Mingo's role seems to be growing. I, I like that call a lot. Tight end situation is still a mess. Hayden Hurst trying to wake, work his way back, but wouldn't touch it anyway. Yeah, I think the only thing that even remotely playable in this pass offense right now is Mingo. And it's just his price, you know, six, seven targets at 3,500, one big play, and you're off to the races. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the reason that I have interest in Mingo. Like, Thielen, if Thielen was like 5K, sure, take some shots. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think Hubbard's the play here. And, I mean – I think we have to get to the point where we're respecting the Carolina defense a little bit. They are not like a great DVOA and like statistical team, but you look at their numbers, they're allowing 192 passing yards per game. They've just kind of shut down the pass. They've tried to control the clock. They're not playing really fast. And I don't know if new Orleans is really going to 
like blow them out in this game and like quickly get up like three touchdowns. So I think Hubbard is a great play. On the New Orleans side, Derek Carr, concussion protocol, shoulder injury, rib injury. Mike Thomas calling him out for getting wide receivers hurt during the game. Like during the game, um, <laughs> wild. Um, so we don't know if it's going to be Carr or Winston. I don't know if it matters too much for me, to be honest. I, I like Kamara in this spot. I think that 8200 for a guy up against Carolina's pass defense is well worth that price tag. Um Taysom Hill's banged up right now. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's done this a couple times this year and still played through the injury. If he were to sit, it's a huge upgrade to Kamara. Huge upgrade to Kamara. I like Alave. The price is tough. The upside is there. This guy, he, he's just running so many deep routes right now. And whether it be Carr or Winston, I don't think that's going to change. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Alave at 7K. Yeah, I mean, you have to have interest with the with the role that he's had, the air yards that he's had. Um, I think I would prefer if Winston were the quarterback for him. I just think Winston just has. He's going to yeah, chuck it. He's, he's going to take four, five, six shots downfield yeah. to Olave. Um, so I, I'm interested either way. I, I agree. The Carolina pass defense is pretty pretty decent. Um, but Olave, I think he's just a stud and he can win in any matchup. It's the quarterback play that's the problem. And I think Winston is able to deliver the deep ball a little bit better than a banged up Derek Carr would be able to. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping for Winston in this spot, but I'll have some Olave shares either way. Uh, he ended up really popular last week, which I mean, I, I, I he was on the injury report all week long and it wasn't even sure he was going to play until Sunday morning, but uh, people jumped on him late, which maybe that happens again. And, and I don't, wouldn't have a ton of interest if he's popular, but Man, the, like you have to love the upside is is what I'm getting at in the dome. As long as he's low owned, I'm going to be on that. I, I like the Camara call better, uh, to be honest. Like we saw, just a great role. Taysom Hill being banged up would just raise his touchdown equity so much. Like be a huge boost to Kamara. Their wide receiver core is still banged up as well. Not sure Shahid's going to play in this game. So like like Kamara is going to be involved in the passing game. Uh, it's one of the best rushing matchups in the entire league. Carolina's rushing defense has not been good. Uh, so Kamara would be my preferred play, but I, I, I like the Alave stuff. I love that he's getting targeted well down the field. I just, I'm not confident that the quarterback can get him the ball down the field is the, the biggest issue. Yeah. I mean, catchable target rate is 68%. That's 69th in the NFL for wide receivers. He leads the NFL in air yards at a hundred or 1,417. So I mean, yeah, obviously it has a lot to do, but like he's averaging two and a half deep targets per game. So, I mean, the, the ceiling, the ceiling is massive. The, the, if you just look at like the advanced numbers for him, the ceiling is massive. You look at the expected points per game and stuff like that. And like, he's a top 10 wide receiver. It's just, he has Derek Carr throwing the football to him. <laughs> I mean, and no, no hate on Derek Carr. Like he's gotten it done for years for us. Um, it's just Alave is extremely talented. He's going to have a, a, a fantastic career. I, either one playing quarterback, I like it. But Kamara, I know he's expensive, but he might be one of the spend ups. I think we're going to have some value throughout the slate. Um, oh, Alave would be incredible on Kansas City. I agree, Derek. That would be <laughs> phenomenal to watch. That will never happen. Maybe. All right, Detroit at Chicago. This game 
opened at 42 and a half. It's actually been bet up to 43 and a half. It, it looks like the weather is going to be a little bit better in this game than like it looked like yesterday. It's still going to be a little bit windy, but the fact that we're seeing the total rise in this game, I think is a good sign. Um, let's start with the Lions here. What do you like here for Detroit? Yeah, I mean, traveling outdoors is always a problem for, for Jared Goff. So I'm a little bit down on this Detroit offense here. Um, like Detroit's the better team. I don't have any doubt about that, but I am a little bit concerned about their production in this game. Uh, the Chicago run defense has been really stout, and like I, I have concerns about Jared Goff on the road outdoors in the cold. So it's a little bit tricky for me to figure out how Detroit is going to put up a ton of points here on Chicago. So I do like this game to stay fairly close. I feel like even as good as Chicago's run defense is, has been, I still want to target running backs here. Like I just feel like Detroit's going to play with the with the lead. I like their lack of production allowed is is the biggest concern because I would love Montgomery and Gibbs both in this spot if it if it weren't such just like I think being outdoors, Detroit leans a little bit more run heavy anyway. It, it's a little little bit of a scary thought though because of how good Chicago's run defense has been. But I think Gibbs and Montgomery are my primary targets here. Um, we talked about Montgomery a little bit last week, and and the role is not going anywhere. Another eighteen carries for him. I think he's the way I'm playing this Detroit side here. Just give me some David Montgomery. He's probably not going to be efficient, but I could see him getting 20, 20 carries in this spot. If he finds the end zone twice, he's gonna that's going to be a decent play. Um, Amonra at eighty two hundred definitely in play. Laporta has been just amazing this year, but he's up to sixty one hundred. That's like we're we're getting up to like elite tight end levels, and he's been really good this season. Um, the Bears have struggled against tight ends as well. Laporta is pr- probably my favorite passing game target but man I, I just have concerns about the Detroit passing game Chicago's defense has been getting much better as the season went along um the run defense has been good all year long but the pass defense is starting to come around a little bit too so just not in love with this Detroit side it's Montgomery for me I think if I'm picking somebody here yeah Kelsey's 7800 Laporta's 61 yeah. Hawkinson 6k Kittle's 59 so they're all in this like top end tier like, I mean he's a top tier tight end um, you could put them up there with all four of those guys. So, and if it's going to be a little bit windy, maybe the Porter gets a little bit more involved in the passing game. Um, I don't know if that's even possible with how involved he's been in the passing game. Um, he, he's been great. Like he's been consistent. He has upside price tag's tough. Um, the one thing in my research that I noticed about the Chicago bears run defense, they've been really solid. Like you mentioned, they've been getting shredded by pass catching running backs this season. I think Jameer Gibbs could go bonkers in this game if they get him that like six to eight targets. If I'm seeing it as a DFS like analyst, I know somebody in the Detroit Lions organization is seeing like, you know, screens, quick dump offs. It's working. And and, like, they don't want to use Montgomery for that role. So I think Gibbs could have a big week. He's a, he's a guy that I want to get some tournament exposure to. Um, And like, he went for six catches, 59 yards in week 11 against the same team. So they obviously saw it. If he can do something like that and score a touchdown again, like he has a lot of upside here at 6,600. So I like Montgomery. 
I was very tilted last week when he didn't get his rushing prop when he was at like 40 yards at halftime and they just didn't get many second half carries until the end of the game when they're like, hey, go out there and the whole defense is going to try to stop you because, <laughs> you know, you're trying to ice the game. Um, I wasn't tilted at all. But I, I like Gibbs this week over Montgomery. St. Brown's expensive. You could definitely take some shots on him. Um, Jameson Williams is getting on the field more. This guy is extremely talented. He's 3,500. I don't think this is the game, but when we get back into the, in Detroit and we can take oh, advantage yeah. of being inside, Jamison Williams is someone we're going to be taking some shots on. Totally agree. Uh, Chicago side of this game, I don't know what to do here with Justin Fields. Um, do they want to win games? What are they doing? Um, I mean, they're 4-8. and eight. They're – basically out of the NFC North. I don't think they can make a run now to even make a wild card spot. They Are they evaluating fields? They let him throw 37 times against Minnesota last week, and they won that game 12 to 10. I, I think you could take some shots here on DJ Moore at 6,500 and Cole Komet at 4,300. But I don't know if I necessarily want to take too many shots on fields. Um, he did run a lot again last week. That's two games in a row he's run a lot. The last time these two teams played, he ran 18 times for 104 yards. Maybe we take shots on fields, but I think we're going to find better options in this price range. I have more interest in Justin Fields than you do, and not not necessarily because of the passing game work, but it's the, the rushing upside that you just mentioned there. Yeah. Under, over 100 yards last time against this Detroit offense or defense. Um, like if the weather is bad, like Chicago's going to want to run the ball. Detroit's run defense has been pretty solid, so it's not like I'm wanting to tar- target a running back here. So Justin Fields, I think, is very much in play here. I wouldn't double stack him necessarily. I don't. I don't think the passing game has a ton of upside. Uh, but DJ Moore at 6,500, I am very interested in. I like the Cole Komet call as well at 4,300. That's more of a, a touchdown equity thing. So. I think the way that that Fields hits his ceiling is more takes a couple of short passes uh, and run and gets the yards after catch and scores touchdowns that way, and then Fields runs in a couple as well. Um, so I do prefer more over Komet if I'm picking a stacking partner. I think you can play Justin Fields naked in this spot as well because there are very few people who have 100 rushing yard upside at the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson is certainly one of them that we're going to talk about in another weather game. Uh, but Justin Fields, I think his rushing upside in this spot is is tremendous. Yeah, I think DJ Moore is someone that is like a great pairing. Like they're obviously letting Fields throw more, and DJ Moore has been his guy all year. Like when Fields has been healthy on the field, DJ Moore has been his guy. Um, and we've seen 30 plus fantasy points from him, what, two or three times this year? Like I know he had a, a monster, monster game on it was like a it was a standalone game um yep. against Washington. So yeah, I mean, I, I okay. I I wasn't poo pooing on Fields. Uh, just the price range is tough. Purdy's in this price range. You can go up a little bit to Herbert. I, I think Fields is okay. Detroit's defense has been a lot worse here recently. They started the season fantastic, but they have been a lot worse recently. Um, I, I think they were playing a little bit above their heads to start the year. Yeah, I think that like their their strength of schedule to begin the season was extremely soft. So yeah. good points there. Jacksonville, Cleveland, 30 and a half total. Not a typo. Um, <laughs> bad weather in this game. Really cold, windy, rainy, awful football weather. Cleveland's a three-point favorite. It sounds like it's going to be C.J. Beathard. It does not sound like Trevor Lawrence is going to be ready for this game. Um, 
I mean, anybody that watched the game the other night, he tried to stand up and couldn't stand up and punch the ground. Yeah. That high ankle sprain. I think he's very fortunate that's a high ankle sprain only. Um, it was bad. Um, it went under him. It got wrapped up. So it sounds like Beathard's going to play. Beathard got banged up too. Um, he's dealing with like a little left shoulder injury. I don't even know who their third quarterback is. Um, it'd probably be somebody off the practice squad or somebody signed um, off the street. Um, no joke. I'm not even joking. So let's start with this situation. Obviously, a ton of talent in this Jacksonville offense. We saw that the other night. Beathard came in. He threw 9 for 10, 63 yards. Um, there's a ton of talent around him. We know Christian Kirk's not going to play in this game. He's already ruled out. Ridley's still there. Zay Jones, he's banged up. ETN's banged up. I almost feel like Jacksonville just needs to sit a bunch of guys this week and go play week 15 against Baltimore. Um, and, like, just say, hey, you know, we're in a good spot for the playoffs. We're going to just punt this terrible weather Cleveland game. I don't think it actually happened. Honestly, I have a ton of interest in the Cleveland defense here. Um, if it's going to be Beathard at quarterback, I, I just – there's nothing I really want on the Jacksonville side in crappy weather. You could make a case for me to play ETN if he was 100%, but watching him play, he he's coming off the field a lot right now. Yeah, ETN's role is definitely declining. The quarterback situation makes it really difficult to want to target anybody in bad weather against a really good Cleveland defense. Um, Evan Ingram finally found the end zone, had another he had, nine targets. He had a gazillion targets from Beathard when he came in the game. Yes, I think Evan Ingram is like if you're looking for anybody in this game, Evan Ingram is is the name I would throw out there outside of the defenses. Like even Jacksonville's defense is in play. I think um, I do prefer the Cleveland defense, but Jacksonville's defense in play as well. I don't I don't want to take shots on ETN. I think I'd rather just hope that he like Dearness Johnson is the guy who's been kind of cutting into the work a little bit. He's forty seven hundred. I don't hate that as like a punt type running back in a game where I think there's going to be a lot of carries in this game on both sides with bad weather and bad quarterbacks, but it's, there's nothing, nothing really to like here. It's, it's a bad matchup. It's bad weather and, and it's bad quarterbacks. So Ingram, if I'm picking anybody on the Jacksonville side, I will note that Zay Jones is priced at 3,700. Like Zay Jones is a better receiver than 3,700, but this is just not the spot that I, I want to try to uh, exploit that. Cleveland's side of this game, and, I, and I'm with you. I like both defenses. I like the Jacksonville defense in this game as well. Um, I was so tilted last week that, like, Harrison Bryant had, like, this crazy roll out of nowhere. Um, Amari Cooper got a concussion last week. He did not practice on Wednesday. We'll follow along with that. We haven't heard exactly whether it's going to be DTR or Joe Flacco. Um, I mean, Flacco did take first-team reps Wednesday, but DTR is technically still in concussion protocol. Um, so we'll wait and see what happens there. Honestly, I don't think it matters too much for me. I don't necessarily want to target a lot here. Um, I really got nothing. Maybe Elijah Moore because he's cheap and had a gazillion targets. Yeah, Elijah Moore is the one guy I definitely wanted to talk about. I actually played quite a bit of him last week. Ran pretty hot with the Amari Cooper injury um, from a target standpoint, but he just, like Joe Flacco was throwing in the ball, so he only had four catches. He was he should have had a much much bigger game. Um, I actually was in first place in a late afternoon only tournament with with 
more. Um, and I fell into second when the Rams got that late safety. If Moore would have caught that the target that he got before that, I would have taken down the tournament. So that was frustrating. Uh, but I, I think you can go right back to Elijah Moore. Like the quarterback play isn't going to be great, but his targets are generally around the line of scrimmage. He did see a little bit more downfield stuff last week, which maybe that that's better for his ceiling with, with if Flacco is in there, maybe he gets more downfield stuff again. Um, but the reason I have more interest in well, a pass catcher here um, is because this Jacksonville defense has been funneling, like they've been really good against the run and pretty bad against the pass. So like if Cooper doesn't play, I love Elijah Moore. If, if Cooper is in there, I still think you can take shots on, on Elijah Moore. Um, like the Joku st- losing work to Bryant was a little bit rough. But Moore's, Moore's uh, role has been pretty solid here. I like the price tag. I don't love this game. But Elijah Moore, I think I think the role is solid even with Cooper in there. I, I'm going back to him. I will say if like DTR ends up starting this game, he was he's very locked in on Njoku. I would bump up Njoku if DTR point. starts this game. Um, so Flacco, I'm with you on Elijah Moore. But if it's DTR, I think it's going to be Najoku. So it's really just who's starting a quarterback for me on the Cleveland side. They're they're cheap enough where like even in bad weather, like check down options are definitely going to be a thing. Like you said, they've been shutting down the run. If Kareem Hunt wasn't 48 and he was like 42, I mean maybe you could take some shots on him, but out of the passing game. But moving on, um, that game stinks. We got Indianapolis at Cincinnati, 43 and a half total here. Colts a one and a half point favorite. Slight interest in this game. Cincinnati Bengals looked really good last week. Um, the Jake weather Browning, is, man. yeah. Jake Browning played awesome last week. When you have Joe Mixon, <laughs> T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. Tyler <laughs> yeah. Boyd, like it, it helps. Okay, it helps. Indeed. And a, and a, and a coach that's gonna believe in you and like let you go do your thing, kind of thing. Um, anyway, so. Kevin Ross weather report on this game says that the rain, again, this is a Wednesday weather report. The rain should clear before the game winds 10 to 15 low impact, but he says it definitely deserves a little bit of yellow. This could be a game when Sunday rolls around, weather's cleared out. Winds are going to be 10 to 15, 10 to 15 mile hour winds, not going to affect me as much as, you know, some of these games that have to 25 to 30 mile hour gusts. Um, if that's the case, Michael Pittman has been fantastic. Um, his role is just absolutely incredible right now. And he's getting a slight increase every week in price, but he's still not like an $8,500 price wide receiver. And he has double digit targets in five of the last seven games. He coming off of another 10 to 11 catch game. Like his role is just phenomenal. And Jonathan Taylor's out again. Zach Moss burned the world last week at 4,600. Cincinnati is not great against the run. I definitely don't mind going back here to Zach Moss. Um, he's still cheap enough. Like DraftKings priced him up. Um, I think FanDuel left him priced down. I could be wrong. I think he was still somewhat cheap on FanDuel. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Colts? Yeah, I'm paying very close attention to the weather in this game because if there were no weather in this game, it would be one of my favorite of the entire week. Indianapolis yeah. plays really fast. We know where the volume is going. Pittman has had an awesome role. Jonathan Taylor out again. Zach Moss has had a phenomenal role every time Jonathan Taylor has missed a week. So 
like those are two of my top targets on the entire slate. Uh, assuming that the weather holds, I'm playing Zach Moss either way. Hopefully people jump off after getting burnt by him last week, but like he just wasn't efficient. He still had 19 carries, a couple of targets out of the backfield, three targets. Like we know what this role is without Jonathan Taylor. It's phenomenal. It's one of the best in the NFL. So I'm going right back to Zach Moss. I think he can have a more efficient game. We talked about the matchup not being great last week against Tennessee. It's a much better matchup in this spot. It reminds me a lot of the Devin Singletary situation earlier this year where he was massive chalk against um, Tennessee and failed. And then the next week he just exploded for a huge game. Um, I forget who he played, but like it's a very similar situation. Like Zach Moss, yes, the price has come up, but this is a better spot for Zach Moss. We know the role is going to be phenomenal. So I'm, I'm targeting Zach Moss a ton. I, I want some Colts pass catchers as well. I think Minshew is a capable capable quarterback. I don't know that I definitely that I necessarily need to to uh, play him, but Pittman at seventy three hundred with his role, like double digit targets is a guarantee basically. And then Josh Downs is still really cheap. Didn't see much out of him last week, unfortunately. He was one of the things I got wrong. It, it's because Alec Pierce stepped up and and had a phenomenal game. Alec Pierce's role has been growing. He's still 3,700. I think you can take some shots on Alec Pierce here as well. Um, despite Down's bad game last week, I still have interest there just because the role has been so good uh, leading leading up to this week. But I think all three of those pass catchers are, are in play here. Yeah, I love the Alec Pierce call. Um, potentially almost had two touchdowns in that game. He had the one long Indeed. touchdown. Um, he was really close to having a second touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I want to play Minshew. He's cheap, and I love cheap quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. He's going to rely completely on passing. He hasn't been running. Um, but don't look now. Like, the Colts have won four straight games. They're 7-5. and five. They're very relevant right now in the playoff race. Like, Gardner Minshew is, like, reviving his career in Indianapolis this year. Um, I mean, this guy might start somewhere next year with Richardson back here for the Colts. So, Good for Gardner Minshew um, doing his thing. The cheap quarterback that I like is on the other side of this game. Um, Jake Browning with these targets around him and the Cincinnati Bengals just believing, I don't think he's going to go out and score 30 fantasy points again. But, man, like when you have guys like Chase and Higgins to make plays for you, Tyler Boyd, like how do you not like this guy and like how do you not like Jamar Chase at (laughs) 7,600? Like the price point. Like, yeah. what are we doing with this price point? Um, I, I know the Colts defense has been solid. Uh, give me some Jamar Chase here at 7,600. I'm so with you. When I saw that price, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. He had a 12 targets last week and scored 34 DraftKings points, and his price goes down. Like, he went from <laughs> 7,900 to 7,600. I know the quarterback, like, we didn't think it was a great quarterback situation, but Jake Browning looked legitimately capable last week. It's not like it wasn't even just short stuff. He was making great decisions. He was moving around in the pocket. Like he's a mobile guy. He can extend the play very similar to what Joe Burrow does in this offense and why he has success when he's healthy. Jake Browning, I I love him at 5,200. Jamar Chase is at least a thousand underpriced. Like just give me those two. Uh, I think Mixon is underpriced too, to be honest, Keith. Like, his role has jumped with Browning at quarterback. I, I will note that 
Chase Brown outcarried Joe Mixon in the first half of that game. I don't know what that yeah. was, but I know that was a, a Thursday night game or some Sunday night maybe. Um, he had a couple was, really good runs though, like really good runs. And I don't know, was it a momentum thing? He got hurt. I don't know, too, didn't he? Yeah, he he is. He's listed as uh, questionable, I believe, with a hamstring injury. So if Chase Brown is out, then I'm with you completely on the Joe Mixon stuff. But Chase Brown has been dealing with injuries all year long, and it's really the first week he's been healthy. They clearly wanted to get him involved early. I don't know. I, I'm i a little – like the one thing I will say, and I agree with completely, is Mixon's pass-catching role looked awesome. with Chase. If they're willing to run Chase Brown on first and second down and use Mixon in that passing game role, which early in his career he was very successful with, and then they kind of went away from it because they were overusing him and running him into the ground – like if Mixon has that pass catching upside back, then I'm I'm totally back in on Joe Mixon. Yeah, and, and like I think Mixon's gonna end up like projecting well on this slate. And I don't know if I could necessarily argue with it. The price is right, the matchup is good. Whether if it, if weather's a little bit of a concern with like this game overall, like Mixon probably benefits from like a rainier, windier game, but I really hope this game stays okay weather-wise. I really wish this game was in Indy. This would be my favorite game on the oh, slate yeah. if this game was played in Indy. Yeah. Um, it would be. And, like, it's just pricing. Jamar Chase is too cheap. Pittman's too cheap. I mean, that's going to be a combo. I use a lot, to be honest. Um, a lot. I've got to throw Tanner Hudson's name out there, too, because the role is not going in anywhere. He's 2,800. Dude's had four targets in the last one, two, three, four, five straight games. If he ever found the end zone, like I'd take the 12 to 14 DraftKings points at, at 2,800 for sure at tight end. You might be playing catch up at tight end this week if you only get 12 to 14. Yeah, that's that might be fair. Kansas double, City, tight, double tight end is, is the new thing. <laughs> like everybody's winning tournaments with double tight end now. Well, that's because some of the tight ends are like putting up wide receiver numbers <laughs> yeah. and like, then you're getting your cheap tight end play to put up tight end numbers. So yep, we've exactly. talked about that a ton this year. Um, I know I've talked about it a lot in the afternoon extra survey. If you, if you, anybody ever reads that. All right. We got Houston at New York facing the jets 32 and a half total here. Houston three, three and a half point favorite. This weather looks awful in this game. Um, it's really early in the week, but this looks like one of the worst games for weather. Seeing like Houston have an 18 implied team total definitely suggests like the books are projecting bad weather here. Hate to see Tank Dell um, go down Ugh. out for the season. Um, Houston has a bright, bright, bright future. We wish nothing but the best for Tank Dell. Um, it was on a blocking like one yard goal line carry. Up, and it's like, yeah. oh, you just hate to see that. So brutal. Freak accident. I, as much as I've been playing Houston, Going up against this tough Jets defense, splitting the carries at running back. I mean, sure, if the weather is a little bit better, you could take some shots here on Nico Collins, Neil, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz. But if the weather's going to be crappy, I'll probably play a lot of the Jets defense here. Yeah, it's it's a bad situation. Houston is definitely one of the, the up-and-coming teams in the NFL. Their core that they've built there, it looks outstanding, like – um, shout out to D'Amico Ryans for what he's done with, with them as well. Looks like a, a really so solid hire there in Houston. They drafted outstanding, um, bright future, but the tank. They won the injury, draft. Let's just say. Oh, they won the yeah. Draft. yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, I just, I don't think I can do it against this Jets defense. Um, if Noah Brown was cheaper, I would have a ton of interest there. We've seen him pop off for big games, but DraftKings appropriately priced him up to 5K. So probably don't need to, to do it in this tough matchup. Nico Collins smashed last week at, with the Tank Dell injury. Like, we're going to be playing these guys again very soon. I just don't think that this is the week. Um, tough spot outdoors in bad weather against a good defense. I'm probably looking at running backs here if I'm if I'm targeting everything anything, um, and it's not because I don't believe in the passing game. It's just a it's a really difficult matchup in bad weather. So, what what to do with the running backs? I think is the biggest discussion here, and I, I'm, it's lukewarm at best with Damian Pierce getting back involved. All right, let's go to the Jets side. Brees Hall dealing with an ankle injury. He missed practice Wednesday. Uh, Dalvin Cook got more involved last week. I want nothing to do with the Jets. I like the Houston defense. I like both defenses in this game, and that's probably it. Uh, you know, my script, I'll script some defense play in this game, and then I'll be done. Um, I want nothing to do with this game offensively. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I would have interest in, in Brees Hall if I knew he was healthy. Um, 6,200, like the role has been okay. It's not as good as you would want it to be. Like you said, Dalvin Cook has been getting a little bit more involved. I think maybe part of that last week was because Brees Hall missed some time on the sidelines with that injury. I still feel like like Brees Hall is very clearly the the lead back here, but I don't know. Um, Sixty two hundred. I I probably still take some shots on Brees Hall. I know like the biggest concern is the efficiency of of the offense because of the quarterback play. Like they're just not going to get down in the red zone to give Brees Hall an opportunity to rush in touchdowns very often. So uh, Zach Wilson move, moving back into the starting quarterback role, <laughs> I like that. Just that doesn't feel great. I, I just have concerns about them being able to get anywhere near the red zone. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yes, <laughs> I mean it's Zach Wilson. He's going to yeah. get sacked a lot in this game. Houston's defense is going to put a lot of pressure on him. Um, I mean, the Jets' defense is 2900 in this game. It's a fantastic price. I think they're going to get a lot of ownership if the weather stays bad in this game. Um, them and Cleveland. Like, Cleveland and the Jets' defense, we have two potential, like, mid-bottom-ish price defenses that are going to smash this week. Yep. All right, let's talk about this other weather game. We got Rams and Ravens, 40.5 total here. Baltimore, 7.5-point favorite. This is the other game that Kevin Roth had bright orange um <laughs> yeah uh windy wet ugly stuff basically uh to sum up kevin ross thoughts here we'll go to the rams first puka man what a game from puka yeah. last week just a phenomenal game overall dealing with a shoulder neck stinger is from what I've read is what's going on with Puka, like play through the pain type of thing. Um, we've just seen Cooper Cup disappear. The price is so enticing on Cooper Cup. If he didn't score a touchdown last week, he really wouldn't have done anything. Williams' role is fantastic. He's going to stay on the field. Um, he's on McVay's fantasy team, so McVay wants to get him going. Um, <laughs> that cracked me up when I saw that. What are your thoughts here on the Rams? Yeah, I mean, tough matchup against Baltimore here. Weather as well. Uh, the role for Kyron Williams has been awesome, like you said, but price tag is up there at 7,300. Really tough Baltimore run defense on the other side. Don't think I want to do it. Um, love love what we've seen from Puka Nakua, but, man, 
how many injuries is too too many injuries? Like he's been dealing, he was dealing with um, injuries early in the season, and now he's banged up again. Like I don't know, the role looks incredible. He it looks like he's overtaken Cooper Cup as like the focal point of this Rams offense, and we know that's a super valuable role with Sean Sean, uh, Sean McVay scheming plays to you. But I don't think this is a spot to do it. Um, I, I do have interest in Lamar on the other side. So like considering runbacks, I'm trying to, but like there's nobody cheap here. Everybody's priced up is the biggest problem. You could argue that Cooper Cup is underpriced, but the role that we've seen out of him the last few weeks doesn't suggest that. Like if Puka is healthy, I feel like he would be my target over Cooper Cup, but the uncertainty and the weather adds in even more risk factor here. So I'm not sure I'm doing it, but I do have interest in the Baltimore, the, the Lamar side, I should say. I'm not even interested in Baltimore pass catchers, but Lamar, I think, is in play. So whether you maybe you just don't run it back with anybody and you play Lamar naked is it might be the way I play this game. I think my favorite run back is Williams. Like his role is just phenomenal. In a windy game, we could see like 10 targets for Williams, like check down, check down Williams and like his big playability like gives him so much ceiling in this type of scenario. So I think Williams would be my favorite run back. Flip a coin on Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Um, if Higby plays, this could be a check down type game with the wind. So I don't necessarily hate him. Baltimore side, um, yeah, love Lamar. Love Lamar. His upside should be rushing upside in this game should be phenomenal. Um we might see him get 15-plus carries in this game. Outside of him, I mean, if you're not playing Lamar, I think you could take some shots on Mitchell at 4,900. He's cheap. I know that the running back, he's not going to be the guy that's getting, like, the goal line carries, but you're playing him for, like, that 30-yard touchdown run. Edwards could get three rushing touchdowns in this game. Um, probably more of a play on FanDuel if you're going to take shots, but – Overall, it's more of the running backs. Maybe some of Isaiah likely, but it's the running backs and Lamar this week for me. Yeah, I mean, that's why I say you can play Lamar naked. Like, if the weather's bad, I don't think they're going to throw a ton. It's the rushing upside that I'm chasing here for Lamar. Um, I do like the Keaton Mitchell call. Like, you're, you're just hoping for the home run. And he's 4,900, so I think it's absolutely viable to just chase that a little bit. We've seen long runs from this guy every time he's been given any sort of opportunities. So... Totally, totally on board with Keaton Mitchell at 4,900. Likely at 3,500 is okay. Like, we haven't seen the same type of role, even without Andrews, as we saw from him last year. So, a little concern there. Um, but in play at 3,500, I'm not touching wide receivers in this spot. It's it's Lamar Jackson, and it's primarily rushing upside that I'm chasing. Yeah, weather's good. If the weather just stays bad, it's just it's the running game. Yep. Minnesota at Las Vegas. We go to the four o'clock games and we get to some good games here. Um, starting with this one, 40 and a half total here. Minnesota three point favorite. Joshua Dobbs going to be a quarterback. Sounds like um, this shiny new toy for Joshua Dobbs named Justin Jefferson is going to play this week. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's really good at football. Um, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson. Um, Dobbs is 5,900. I was really kind of hoping that we came into the week and after a bad game, we steal like 54, 5,500. I think he's okay. I I think Justin Jefferson is the guy 8,500 
man, we've seen Joshua Dobbs in Arizona just pepper his guy. If Jeff, Jeff and Je- Justin Jefferson comes out here and gets 13 targets against the Raiders defense, he's going to smash. Um, I don't think they're bringing him back early. He was really close last or two weeks ago. They took a bye week. Yep. I, I think we see Minnesota bounce back in a big way here against the Raiders and Joshua Dobbs play a lot better. Yeah, if Joshua Dobbs wouldn't have played like absolute crap in that game against Chicago, Justin Jefferson would be the highest owned player on the slate and it would not even be close. If he's not going to be like mega chalk, I love the spot for him. Another indoor game, like Dobbs has shown capability to get receivers the ball. Like I like he looked really bad his last game that we saw him. I and I get that. Um, but man, this is this is a phenomenal spot. Las Vegas's defense has been playing better, but we're talking about Justin Jefferson here, the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think there's any debate about that. Like he is so talented. He's eighty five hundred. He should be ninety five hundred. He's a thousand dollars too cheap. I know he doesn't have Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball anymore, but like you just you have to play some Justin Jefferson in this spot. Dobbs, I, I just he's capable enough to get him the ball, and that's that's really where it ends. Exposure beyond Justin Jefferson is a little bit more tricky. Like obviously Addison's going to take a little bit of a backseat compared to the role that he's had. Like you could argue that he's overpriced at fifty five hundred. I don't know. He's a talented guy. I still don't hate shots on on Jordan Addison at fifty five hundred, and T.J. Hawkinson is probably going to lose a target share as well at six K. But he's had the best role from the tight end position all season long since Je- Jefferson has been out. So I I think Hawkinson and, and Addison still have upside if they're low owned. I don't hate shots on them. I I think Dobbs is in play at fifty nine hundred. Um, I, I know it's scary, like with the way he looked last time we saw him against Chicago. But I don't know indoors in Las Vegas on a slate that has a bunch of weather. I'm I'm probably going to take some shots on Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, I think Addison is priced appropriately. Um, I think he's going to get some more. Like he potentially is going to get more open looks here with Jefferson on the field. Like he's going to get more one-on-one potential type plays, and he showed us early in the year, like one-on-one he can win those types of matchups um so i don't want to instantly write off jordan addison had he scored a touchdown in any of the last four games he would have been a great producer um the touchdowns just aren't there so hawkinson has that touchdown upside dobbs is a great double stack you know and you run it back with Devonte adams and like call it a day um let's go to the raiders side of this game Keith, I don't hate O'Connell. I just don't think he has a ceiling. So I, I really think it's like playing Dobbs for me and then like attacking Jacobs and Adams and Myers. Um, what are your thoughts here on Las Vegas? Yeah, I don't think that playing O'Connell is, is necessary. He just hasn't shown any sort of ceiling. And like, they're throwing the ball a, a decent amount in the last two games. Obviously, they were they were behind in those games against Kansas City and Miami, but – I don't know. I just I don't think O'Connell has the upside, um, and the the target tree is so condensed that you can just play his wide receivers and get the majority of the pr- production. Um, totally agree that you run it back with Adams or Myers. I'm not sure how interested I am in Jacobs. Just been a really down season for him efficiency wise. They were feeding him for a couple of weeks there, and then went away from it a little bit. Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm torn on Jacobs. Sixty nine hundred is a fair price. 
Uh, I just I don't trust the efficiency necessarily. I think I would much rather take shots on on a guy like Adams or Myers. Got a question in chat. Derek says, when people say double stack, do they mean two receivers with a quarterback? For yeah. it could be a quarterback with a wide receiver and a tight end, a quarterback with two wide receivers, um, you know, and then you could game stack with one wide receiver from the other side or two wide receivers from the other side if you really like the game and you think it's going to shoot out. But typically a double stack is going to give you a ceiling in a 35-point game. You're trying to get, you know, most of those touchdowns. So, Yeah, quarterback with two pass catchers, is that would be the definition of double stack for me. Sometimes when you get into, like, situations like Kamara and Tampa Bay with White, you could say the running back. Barkley is, like, an option. Like, you get those, like, heavily – Christian McCaffrey, like Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo stacks, absolutely smashed last week. So – um, I don't really have a ton to add here. I think Devonte Adams is in a fantastic spot. I think we're going to see him get 10 plus targets. They're going to be trailing in this game. Don't sleep on Jacoby Myers. His role is not going anywhere. Continues to be very involved here. All right, moving on. We got Seattle at San Francisco, 46 and a half total in this game. San Francisco, 10 and a half point favorite. We'll go to Seattle first. Tough matchup. This defense is phenomenal for San Francisco, but they're, Going to be trailing. Let's just be honest. They're going to be trailing in this game. Uh, we saw DK Metcalf just finally have that game. <laughs> finally. <laughs> it took forever. Um, and it was like a Thursday night football game, so it was worse. <laughs> what do you like here for Seattle? Yeah, I, I struggled to get to the Seattle side here. Um, the San Francisco defense just so, so good. They really put it to Philly, who I consider to be a top three team in the NFL as well. Like, San Francisco looks like, to me, the, the Super Bowl favorite. I haven't checked odds on that here recently. But San Francisco, when they're healthy, is a, a really tough team. Um, well, do not underrate the speed of my Dolphins, okay? Okay. I don't don't know underestimate the, the okay. speed of my Dolphins. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't disagree with you. I think San Francisco is the Super Bowl favorite right now. But I'm just saying the Dolphins – we got to beat it. We got to beat a top team or two, but the Dolphins are fun to watch. Uh, San Francisco, Miami Super Bowl would be so much fun. Um, I completely, I'm on board with that. Let's let's get go. it. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, Seattle offense in this spot, it's it's tough. Like I, I don't think I'm using Geno Smith. I don't think he has the upside. The running back situation is a it is a disaster. Um, if Walker's really out, and Jarvin... want a running back against this defense, like. Even if Walker sits or and like Charbonnet is going to be the guy, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I would want the pass catching guy, like generally in that situation. Um, I just don't know that DJ Dallas is, has enough juice <laughs> to, to play him, so probably not doing that. Um, so Charbonnet at 5,400, I think, is the, the only conversation that we can have. And you're right, it's tough. It's like he hasn't been great. We saw him in the, the lead role against the San Francisco team, what was it, two weeks ago? Um, under three and a half yards of carry, four targets out of the backfield, probably appropriately priced at 5,400. So, yeah, not a ton of interest there. I think you're just locking into one of these wide receivers and hoping that you get the guy that catches two touchdowns or find 10 receptions in a trailing game script. Um, for me, like Jackson Smith and Jigba's role is growing. I'm yeah. intrigued by that. 11 targets last time out. 
I think he might be my favorite over DK Metcalf um, and then Lockett as, as third. But I think you're just picking out one of these wide receivers. We're going to have exposure to San Francisco, no doubt. Um, so it's the three wide receivers for me. I think I'd rank up JSN, DK, and, and Lockett third. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco is the number one team at pressuring the quarterback, and the Seattle pass block has not been great this year. So you're obviously a little bit worried about that. You're worried about the running back situation. But we're going to stop and pump the brakes really quick. Um, we just watched this. We just watched Geno Smith absolutely light up a really good Dallas defense um, in Dallas. Now, these two teams just played, and San Francisco won that game 31-13. Geno had a terrible game. Um, so, like, you have to also look at that factor here um, as well. I think if you want to stack with DK, Lockett, or GSN, sure. No one's gonna no one's gonna fault you there when you know like the upside is possible. But again, the the San Francisco defense is legit. Um, let's talk about this offense here. We saw Christian McCaffrey just absolutely destroy the Seattle team two weeks ago. Um, Debo Samuel against zone defenses coming off of a monster game. He, he gosh, he did with touchdowns last week so much. Um, so tilting. I was very underweight on Debo Samuel. I was very overweight on Ayuk um, and Christian McCaffrey. And they didn't have bad games, but Samuel had the ceiling. I mean, anyone could go off here. If you think the game's going to stay close, Brock Purdy would be in play at 6,500. Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. I would rank them McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle this week. Yeah, I think I, I agree with everything you just said with more interest in Brock Purdy stacks. Like, he has just shown an ability to, like, it's his weapons. I don't, like, Brock Purdy is a, a decent NFL quarterback. He's far exceeding his draft position. He's way better than where he was drafted. There's no doubt about that. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? I'm not sure that we could even say that at this point. Um, certainly like he's been, I think a top five fantasy quarterback on the season. Like he has shown massive ceiling and it's because of his playmakers. So Brock Purdy at 6,500, very much in play for me. I'm totally on board that McCaffrey and Debo are the top two here. Debo against zone has, has been the thing, um, coming off a, a monster game. Like they just throw it to Debo at the line of scrimmage, and he just runs by everybody. He breaks, he runs through everybody or by everybody. He is just so so good. You you have to have some exposure to that big playability. Ayuk is awesome. I think he's a, a better like just like pure receiver than Debo. But it's Debo's big playability and run after the catch ability that you just have to have some of that in tournaments. And when he does that with Purdy at quarterback at these mid range prices, like they both get there. So you, you definitely want some Purdy Debo stacks. You can play McCaffrey in the stack as well. He has the best role in the entire league. Um, 9,200 against the Seattle defense is, I don't know, like appropriate probably, but just that he has more ceiling than anybody at the position himself. So you definitely want to play, play McCaffrey. Um, because I'm getting overweight on those two guys, I probably end up a little bit underweight on Ayuk and Kittle, and both of those guys have massive big playability as well. Like, it's like it, it's a very difficult offense to figure out who's going to explode every week. I'm Seattle plays one of the highest rates of zone in the entire league, so I'm leaning into the Debo against zone stuff on that. Um, 
And then McCaffrey and his role is is the other reason that I'm going overweight on McCaffrey. Wouldn't try to talk anybody off of a, a pivot to Ayuk or Kittle, but I, I'm with you. It's CMC and it and it's Debo for me. And just so you know, I wasn't poo-pooing on Purdy. He's in my placeholder. Um, he was the first guy in my placeholder this week. I, I think price, weather, everything considered, um, he, he's a phenomenal play this week. Yeah. I don't know if he ends up in my main lineup. But, um, yeah, I like him. Let's talk about the game of the week. Buffalo at Kansas City. Uh, a lot of a lot of concerns about the Kansas City camp right now, just in general. Um, and it's really weird. We're getting into the second week of December, and, like, Kansas City isn't a weather spot that we're worried about. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, that um, weird. Kansas City, one-and-a-half-point favorite. Like I said, 48-and-a-half total. Let's go to Buffalo first. Josh Allen – is coming off of a big loss against Philadelphia where he put up 43 fantasy points. Um, he ran the ball in for two touchdowns. He passed for two touchdowns. He's having a phenomenal season. Diggs hasn't had a big game. It feels like since like week five or six, um, this game screams shootout on every aspect outside of the fact that like both these defenses are solid. Um, and you're, you're hoping for a shootout here. I could see this game dudding for DFS, but I mean, I think you just got to be overweight on this game. As much as I don't typically want to be overweight on these types of situations with the weather that we have and all the concerns that we have, I think you just had to be overweight on this game. Yeah. I mean, I do have some reservations. Like I price, think last price year matters. Yeah, exactly. It's a very expensive game. Um, and we had the same same situation last week with Buffalo and Philly, and the game ended up getting there. Um, I have the same type of reservations that I had on that game last week going into this week. Like, I think Josh Allen is a phenomenal play. I think it's going to be a, a tight game where both teams are comfortable passing a ton. So I'm and if I'm taking Allen or Mahomes, like I like Allen's weapons better. So I'm and his rushing upside better as well. So I would lean to Josh Allen in that scenario. I don't know if like do I really need to pay up for Stephon Diggs? Like Kansas City's defense has been really solid, like you said. I think I might try to save some money at the pass catchers. Play a guy like Dalton Kincaid instead of of Stephon Diggs. Uh, really even quick. Gabe, go really ahead. quick. Uh, like we both have loved Kincaid. Dawson Knox coming back worry you at all? Yes, I mean it. It does. Um, the touchdown equity is the main thing. I think the targets will still be there. Um, but we did see early in the season when Knox was active, he had the the red zone role over Kincaid. So it does it does concern me for upside a little bit. And may, that, that might be an argument to play Dawson Knox at, at 3K. And if he catches two touchdowns, I mean, you're cooking in that scenario. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you. I was, just, I was reading earlier that like Dox, Dawson Knox was like full practice Wednesday, um, which – in my head, concerned the crap out of me on Kincaid for touchdowns. I mean, for I touchdowns think Kincaid, it does. like Kincaid's still going to get a lot of slot work. Um, yep. They're they're still going to need him. They use him and um, Shakir out of the slot a lot. But uh, it just now Kincaid's fifty five hundred. Like if he's not, we're we're either spending up or spending down at tight end. I feel like this week. Yeah, I think those are fair points. I I would be a little bit more concerned about the role for Shakir than I would be for, for Kincaid. Like, I feel like Kincaid is going to line up on the field next to Dawson Knox a lot, and that probably takes Shakir off the field. Like, I'd be concerned for Shakir's uh, snap share for sure. 
I am concerned with Kincaid's uh, touchdown equity at this point, like you mentioned, and maybe he's overpriced at 5,500 with that considered. Um, so you make some valid points there. I just, I'm not sure that I can pay, that I can allocate a ton of salary to this game when I, I think I prefer San Francisco over either of these teams is just where I'm at. I think San Francisco has an easier matchup for sure. Yep. Um, you just worry about Seattle keeping the game close. I think we're going to talk a lot about that Denver Chargers game here in a second too. Um, I know I have a lot of interest in that game. So I all, I wanted to throw out really quick too. Um, James Cook is, is super interesting as a tournament pivot in this game. I mean, I think you could use him with Allen if you really wanted to. He's had a really consistent role. Had Josh Allen not taken all this guy's touchdowns, he would be a top five running back the last few weeks. But Josh um, Allen he, always does that. <laughs> no, I know. I'm saying, like, you worry about that or you worry about Latavius Murray coming in. But, like, if Cook gets that, like, six-yard touchdown run finally, like, he, he's scoring 25-plus fantasy points or has the upside to score 25-plus fantasy points. Kansas City's run defense still struggling. That's where you got to beat this team. You got to take the big chunks on the ground. And kind of one of the reasons I like Josh Allen so much this week is I think he's going to have to run the ball a little bit. Also, it really screams like a big game Gabe Davis type game. Um, This is the type of game we saw with Philly last week. He always shows up in these big games and he comes out of nowhere. You don't want to pay 5,800 for him, but I I think this week you take some shots on Gabe Davis as well. Yeah, I, I like the Gabe Davis call quite a bit. Um, and I might even prefer him over Kincaid. Kincaid's the guy I threw out there first, just leaning into the tight end position a little bit. But I, I love the Gabe Davis call. I'm, I'm with you completely on that. You know, it's been a long time since we've had a Patrick Mahomes ceiling game. Um, it has. I mean, he... His, his receivers yeah. aren't very good. That's the problem. Yeah, he has one game over 30 fantasy points this year, and because he's Patrick Mahomes, he's not getting priced down. Um, could this be a game he has a ceiling game? Yeah, of course it can. Um, you know, obviously we're watching the news on, like, Pacheco. He's banged up a little bit, dealing with a shoulder, got ejected in the game for swinging at somebody, dumb play. Um, McKinnon's banged up right now, dealing with a groin. We're watching all this because, like, if – one of these guys missed. Maybe we could take some shots on Edward Solaire. But I think what we've realized over the last few weeks is like Rasheed Rice is wide receiver number two here behind Travis Kelsey. 5,400. I think I, I still prefer Allen over Mahomes, but I'm looking at like runback options. I, I think Rashad or Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey would be my favorite runback options. Outside of that, it's wide receiver bingo. Um, we thought it was going to be Justin Watson. He had zero targets against Green Bay last week. In a game they were trailing, losing, um, needing to throw, just not even involved. Um, not even involved. And, like, Tony, he had zero targets. Um, Patrick Mahomes threw for 210 yards in a game they lost against Green Bay. Um, it's just – it's wild to me. They they just need to – they got to bring somebody there to help this offense and pass catcher like this offseason, because I don't think they make a run in the Super Bowl, even with Patrick Mahomes, because they just don't have anybody besides Travis Kelsey right now. Yeah, I I completely agree with everything you just said. Rasheed Rice has separated himself amongst the wide receivers. Um, If you can get to Travis Kelsey as the run back, that's phenomenal. He clearly has the best role, the most upside in this offense. But Rice, as a pass catcher, has separated from everybody else in the room. 
MVS has his drop issues. Um, Justin Watson is really just more of a deep threat who doesn't see the field enough. Um, like Tony just isn't going to run a ton of routes. They're, maybe they scheme some stuff for him. Maybe they don't. Sky Moore just hasn't been able to get open. So it's it's very clearly Rasheed Rice or Travis Kelsey as the run back. The, the running back situation is difficult for me. Like Pacheco is probably the guy, but he's 6,700. And if like Pacheco is definitely the guy, if McKinnon is, is out again, uh, just because I think that raises his uh, receiving ceiling. If McKinnon is back, I don't even have a ton of interest in Pacheco, but for sure you play some Rasheed Rice, for sure you play some Travis Kelsey. I think that's about all I'm interested in here on the Kansas City side. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I could see Travis Kelsey going like eight for 120 and a touchdown, which would be phenomenal at a tight end at this price point. Um, I mean, Buffalo is going to obviously – I mean, you're at the point where like teams have just said, we're going to try to take Travis Kelsey away. Yeah. I mean, that's what Green Bay did. They just sold out on Travis Kelsey. He had two guys on him like that entire game. He still had 81 yards receiving on four <laughs> catches because he's Travis Kelsey and he's the best tight end in football. But, I mean, we're just not seeing, like, seeing even, like, ceiling games for Travis Kelsey where we were earlier this year. Like, we just saw monster, monster games. And teams have changed how they approach the Kansas City Chiefs because no one's stepping up. All right, we finish it out. Denver at L.A. taking on the Chargers. A lot of interest in this game for me. 43.5 total. Fantastic weather here in L.A. Two and a half point favorites for the Chargers. Uh, we got two defenses that rank 31st and 28th in DVOA. Keith, I'm gonna tell you right now, this game screams shootout to me. Uh, it just it screams shootout. If we get good play from Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, I, I think we're gonna see a big game from Justin Herbert here. If Russ can show up and play well and keep this game close, I think we're gonna see a big game. Let's talk about Denver first. Um, Chargers have really been struggling defensively. They're dealing with some injuries. They're struggling. They've been struggling all year. Is this a Russell Wilson week at 5,800 is my first question. Do we continue the Cortland Sutton, like red zone roll, touchdown roll, just crushing type roll, consistent roll? Um, and do we like any of the running backs? I got a lot of questions I'm throwing at you this week. <laughs> Uh, let me start with the running backs. I'm I'm just not buying this situation. I don't think Javante Williams has the same type of burst that he had before the injury. The efficiency has been pretty awful this season. The role looks okay. The, the Chargers run defense is not good, but I don't have any interest in Javante Williams, and I think he picks up a little bit of ownership in this scenario. I'm, I'm probably underweight on Javante Williams in this spot. Um, the Cortland Sutton thing, I'm totally in on. I think that he is Russ's guy. He has the best role. He's getting the targets. He has the red zone role. Give me all the court and Sutton at uh, 6,100. I think that's a, a perfectly fair price, even though it's a decent increase from last week. It's Can Russell Wilson be a little bit more efficient with him is the biggest concern. Um, I, like, I'm concerned about Russell Wilson's ceiling, even in a great matchup. Uh, but I, I do feel confident in, in Cortland Sutton. I'm going to continue to keep taking shots on Jerry Judy. At, like if he's under 5k, like that he's price so just cheap. jumps out to me. Yeah. 4,700. Like this is a first round pick, a super talented guy, very productive in college. I cannot believe that Russell Wilson cannot find this guy for some production. I I'm going to keep chasing Jerry Judy. 
If I'm playing both of them, I might as well throw them in a lineup together and use Russell Wilson. I don't love it, but I might as well do it. It's, it's kind of like the pricing on them is is attractive. It's a very it's a mid range stack all the way across. I'm gonna have some Russell Wilson again. I don't love it. I don't think he necessarily has a huge ceiling, but I'm I'm in on Russ again this week. I mean, we say that he doesn't have a huge ceiling, but this is a guy that has eight or more rushing attempts in four of his last five games. Like he's been using his legs more. He's been scrambling. They're going to be trailing in this game. I just, I mean, they're, they went on a little bit of run right there, right? They won, was it four or five straight games? They got themselves yeah. back in contention. Um, the Chiefs losing last week was huge for them because they ended up losing two. Like, they're back in it. And I mean, Sean Payton is still the guy. Like, we, we can't think that, like, Sean Payton's not going to go out and have a game script or here. And this is a huge divisional game. If the Broncos beat the Chargers in this game, like, it sets them up way better um, than the Chargers at that point. So I think it's going to be a competitive, high scoring game with little defense play. Um, I like Russ. I love the Judy call. He's too cheap. He got, they finally got connected on one of those long balls last week. They had like a 40 yard catch. Um, it finally happened. It's, we've been waiting for it for weeks. Judy scores a touchdown here. He he crushes 4,700. So um, I like him as like a three, four time X type guy. They don't use the tight ends. The running back situation is a mess. I'm with you. Um, Williams, they're using Piron a little bit. They have McLaughlin. I, I can't touch a three headed running back situation when I have 15 running backs that I like this week. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good running back plays this week. I, I really think that this is a really good week for running backs. I don't have a ton of wide receiver plays, which I love when I have a lot of running back plays. Love spreading out my ownership of running back. Let's go to the other side of this game. I, I hate to say it, but I feel like this is a must-win game for the Chargers. Um, they're 5-7. and seven. This is a divisional game. Same thing I was just talking about with the Broncos. It, uh, we're now – this is week 14. It, it's not like week 8, hey, you know, your record – it's okay. It's not great. It's not like this. I feel like if you want to have a chance to make the playoffs, you got to win this game. Like, I, I think their odds go way, way down if they lose this game. Um, so I feel like this is a week we we play some Herbert, we play some Eckler, we play some Keenan Allen, and Denver has been awful against tight ends. If you trust playing either Everett or Parham, um, I don't trust playing either one of them, but. <laughs> I, you could take some shots on Everett, I think, in this spot. Denver, they've been atrocious against tight ends. So um, I have a ton of interest in the Chargers. They're going to be a team that I'm playing quite a bit this week. Yes, I'm I'm with you. I'm just – I'm struggling on how to attack it. Like, they've been awful against the run, but Austin Eckler as a runner has not been good <laughs> at all this year. So I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, he's really cheap compared to where we're used to seeing Austin Eckler priced. And that's my biggest struggle of the week, I think, is what to do with Austin Eckler at 7,600. Like, I, I trust him as a pass catcher. I just don't trust him to run the football, and that's how you have success against Denver. I think my favorite play in the game is Keenan Allen. Um, like, I just – I trust his role. He should run in from he'll he'll run out of the slot quite a bit and hopefully avoid Sertan on the outside, who is – Sertan got true, hurt last week. Good point. I haven't checked the injury report on Denver. Right. If he were to miss this game, then I have a, a ton of interest in Keenan Allen. But one of the true shutdown corners in the in the NFL, in my opinion. So yeah. like he's he's like I don't often consider cornerbacks 
when targeting wide receivers, but he is one that I pay attention to. Um, but Keenan Allen's role has been so good. I'm still interested at 8,600, um, regardless of whether he's playing or not. And I just, I trust Keenan Allen more than I do Austin Eckler at this point. So I, I'll probably end up playing some Eckler because he's just too cheap in a phenomenal matchup, but it, it's Keenan that I have more confidence in. I don't trust the other LA wide receivers either. Like, I don't think Quinton Johnston is very good yet. Like, I know he's he's got a decent role here, but he just hasn't shown the ability for any upside. Um, he look like he looks honestly like a little bit of a bust right now. Maybe that changes. Maybe he just needs to to work on some things, and that comes around. But I don't think he's there yet. Jalen Guyton, like he's thirty two hundred. You can take some shots and hope you catch a long touchdown, but that's not exciting either. So I'm struggling on this Chargers side. I, I like Keenan Allen a good amount. I want to like Austin Eckler, but I'm struggling with that a little bit and kind of with you on the tight ends. Like, I don't know that I can trust their roles either. Yeah. I think if you're double stacking, it's probably like an Allen Everett and you hope you get the Everett touchdown Allen 30 point, just bonker game. Um, I think Keenan Allen goes absolutely bonkers in this game. And just Keenan's my favorite play on the Chargers side by, by a good margin. He might be one of my favorite wide receivers, like overall on this slate. Yeah. I think I'm that, I mean, Chargers mentality, must win game. I mean, this is a Keenan Allen game. Um, and just a quick update on Patrick Sertan did not practice Wednesday dealing with that knee injury. So watch that. If he sits, huge upgrade. Yeah. Um, huge upgrade to Justin Herbert. Um, Patrick Sertan's really good. Uh, any final thoughts on this one? No, I don't have anything else. All right, morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, again, I have a bounce back week ahead of me. I terrible for me. Um, let's talk quarterback for three hundred plus yards. Who do you got? Give me Brock Purdy. Uh, struggled against this Seattle pass defense. I think Seattle secondary is really good, but I think Brock Purdy is really good too, and his and his playmakers are even better. It's been a long time. Um, since Herbert has had a 300 plus passing yard game, but I, I think we're going to see a big game this week from Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Low owned running back for touchdown. We do not have ownership up yet. Um, who do you project to be low owned that you think is going to score a touchdown this week? Are people going to be excited to play Chuba Hubbard because of the 25 carries last week? The bat hat or the blitz has him under 5%. Give me Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, that was my answer. That's the only reason I knew that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's a role change. We don't often yeah. get role changes this late in the season, but they fired the coaching staff. This is an, a new coaching staff, new role. The role I saw from Chuba Hubbard looks amazing. Yeah. Um, looking at looking at the blitz projections for ownership, I'm going to go Joe Mixon for a touchdown this week. Um I just like I like Cincinnati. I really hope the weather improves in that game. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Give me let me see. This was a long time ago. Um, give me Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans. Like Evans' role has been incredible. Indoor game, not a lot of game environments to like. Atlanta defense been okay, but give me Baker to Mike. I like it. I'm going to go Russ to Sutton uh, because that has been hitting at a very high rate lately. Um, I like that one. Wide receiver for eight plus targets. Jamar Chase. 
Jake Browning looked very capable. Jamar Chase, they they changed his role. The, they went back to throwing it to him around the line of scrimmage. He's getting eight targets in this game for sure. Yeah, I love that call. Um, I, I think he smashes. I don't want to go to Keenan Allen. I feel like that's a cheat code. This is kind of a cheat code, but I'm going to keep doing it. Um, give me Pittman here. Um, I mean, every week, like the Colts quietly playing really good football. Tight end for a touchdown this week. Sticking with that Tampa Bay Atlanta game, give me Kate Otten. Atlanta's struggled against the tight end. They've been pretty decent on defense elsewhere. Yeah, I don't hate that call. Um, gosh. Give me Cole Komet for a touchdown this week. Detroit okay. has been really bad against tight ends this year. I mean, I... Their defense the last couple of weeks has been very – their secondary in particular been very suspect. Yeah, yep. Uh, defense, defense, 10-plus points. Who do you got? I'm worried this is going to gonna end up chalky, but this Cleveland defense at home is just in a phenomenal spot against C.J. Beathard. Yeah, right now the Blitz has the Falcons as the chalk defense. I think that's going to change. Yeah, it's going to be Cleveland. Yeah, I think Cleveland's going to be the chalk defense too. Um. Man, I got to go Jets. I know, like, C.J. Stroud has been phenomenal, but I feel like this is going to be one of a, a really big test for a young player. Um, bad weather, really good secondary. Um, yeah, give me the Jets defense this week. All right, let's go to the betting portion of the morning grind game against the spread or money line. What do you got? I was shocked to open up spreads and see the Lions as only three-point favorites against my Chicago Bears. The Lions are a much better team. I know they had an easy schedule to start the year, but this Bears team is not good. They've been playing better on defense. The Lions are winning by more than three against the Bears. I like that. I already bet that. So (laughs) (laughs) I did some early week bets. um, I expected to see that at like five and a half, like nearing a touchdown. Three is just, that's not enough for the Lions. That's disrespectful. Yeah, I took I took Detroit minus three and uh, Tampa plus three um, as early week bets. I'm gonna go back to the Colts here um, and say Indiana minus one and a half. As much as I like Jake Browning and the Cincinnati offense, I, I think the Colts are playing really good football right now, and um, I'm gonna stick with the Colts. Over under, what do you got for us on an over under this week? I'm on this Tampa Bay Atlanta game. Just being in a dome, the total's only 39 and a half. I think they can go over that that total. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of DFS exposure to it. I'm going to bet the over in that game too. All right, 39 and a half. So I already bet this one, um, and it hasn't moved, so I'm going to talk about it. Denver, um, LA, Chargers, 43 and a half. I'm going over in that game. I think this game shoots out. It's two teams that these games, this game matters so much for these two teams playoff wise. We're in week 14. We we're got it. We have to start looking at playoff scenarios and like what games matter and which games don't. I think this game matters a ton. And I think we're going to see a really competitive um, close football game. Uh, let's go to a player prop. What do you got for us for a player prop this week? Talked about the role change for Chuba Hubbard. I just I'm gonna lean into that. The New Orleans rush defense has been really struggling here recently. Give me Chuba Hubbard over 47 and a half rushing yards. I've been waiting to bet this all day and it has not been up. Um, so <laughs> uh, if you see me looking at my phone, that's why I'm I'm trying to see if it's up on hard rock. I, I no joke. I wrote this down in my notebook to make sure I get this bet in, and I'm making sure right now that I get this bet in. 
Um, so I'm with you. It's 47 and a half. So um, that's Too what low. you did. Is that yep. what you got as well? There you go. Yep. Uh, over 47 and a half for Hubbard. I'm going Drake London um, over 44 and a half receiving yards in this game. I think it's too low. I also like his reception prop. It's three and a half. I think either way you want to take Drake London this week. Um, they're going to have to throw the ball against Tampa. The run defense is solid. And Drake London is still the guy. So I'm going to go over 44 and a half receiving yards uh, for Drake London this week. Uh, let's go to Prize Picks Underdog. Whatever pick your poison for your pick 'em side. What do you like? I have Debo Samuel more than 49 and a half rushing yards or receiving yards, rather. Debo Samuel more than 49 and a half receiving yards. Gets the the zone defense, zone heavy Seattle defense. I think he has a, a great chance to smash again this week. I did this last week and I like did not search. We hit we hit ours last week. Last week we had um you took you took Tyreek over receiving yards, and I yep. took um, Cortland Sutton over receiving yards, and we hit it. So, yeah. Oh, and just just in case you guys are curious, RG has Hubbard projected for 54 rushing yards. So, um, I like that one a lot. Um, all right. So my pick and play here. I'm trying to quickly. I had Hubbard, but I'm trying to find another one real quick. Uh, is Wilson's passing prop up yet? No. Um, is it? Let's see. No, right? No, it's not up yet. Um, there's, I have a whole bunch of stuff written down. I'm just trying to figure out like Jamar Chase's passing prop is not up yet either. Is Keenan Allen's receiving yards up? There it is. We're going Keenan Allen. More than 86 and a half receiving yards. So our two-pick play on prize picks this week for the morning grind game. Debo, more than 49 and a half receiving yards. Keenan Allen, more than 86 and a half. Um, if you want to lock that in with us, we're going to do that over there on prize picks. We're sweating our NBA one from last night. We need Zubak to get one more rebound to get our five for five. They corrected um Booch is rebounds to 12. So we got the over or more than 11 that we did on the, the nice. morning grind game last night. So we're, we're one rebound from Zubak away from 10 X from last night's morning grind basketball show. So we're back with basketball on Friday. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I don't think I have anything else. Pay attention to the weather. Obviously, as we get closer to Sunday, it's going to play a role this week. Oh, we just got eight, so we should be good to go. Oh, uh, we baby, just got our go. rebound. There you go. Thanks, Yeezy. Hope everyone has a fantastic Thursday. Don't watch the football game or do <laughs> if you like football. It's not going to be good. Um, have a great one. Watch NBA. The NBA in-season tournament is going to be so much know. better than the Thursday night football game. You're welcome for that recommendation. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you again next week.